because gentleness doesn't mean avoidance, but it doesn't mean anything extreme. It's kind of in the middle. It's the most important quality to all healthy relationships on planet Earth. And, and whether it's the one we have with Mother Earth or the one you have with your spouse or friends um, and, you know, the one that we have with uh, other countries and the one we have with our body. Welcome to Happy Athlete podcast about overcoming obstacles and sparking change in ourselves and the world. We'll dig into mindfulness, enhancing performance, jumpstarting our passions, and learn tools to be stronger, happier, more grateful, and at peace. Hi, everyone. This is Sean. Welcome to another episode of Happy Athlete. Today, we have with us Brian Kest. Brian is recognized as the creator of Power Yoga. He's the founder of Santa Monica Power Yoga, which opened in 1995. For decades, it operated as a donation-based yoga studio. Brian teaches all over the world, workshops, retreats. Brian, thanks for joining us. Welcome to the show. Awesome to be here, my friend. Good to see you again eight years later. <laughs> yeah, it's it's great to connect again. I actually wanted to go back further in time than eight years when I when I first met you. Um, I think this was around. You must have just opened your studio in the mid '90s, and my is around the same time that my NFL football career ended uh, due to injuries. I was out on out in California on a business trip, and I heard about your class, and I went there with my wife Karen. And you know, my body was a mess. It was all all beat up from football, and that was just like what I was taught. Like, that's what I was told to do. Like work hard, work hard, push, push. But, um, I remember li listening to you in class, like your philosophy was about moderation and balance, which really threw me off. Like a, like a physical practice would be done with some sort of, you know, awareness and balance and not just doing a hundred percent and, and pushing. So I was hoping you could share with us your, what I thought at the time is, was, was certainly like a, like a unique philosophy of, uh, bringing balance and moderation and, and to taking care of ourselves and training. Yeah, for sure. Now, Sean, you know that uh, you can just, you know how I talk and you know you can just <laughs> cut me off anytime you want when you're ready to change subjects because if you don't, I just might get rolling and never shut up. So please em em embolden yourself to uh, just say, all right, Brian, we got to move on now to the next subject. So because I can, you know, I can really go off on all this stuff and, um, you know, one word that you did not use just now, which I would use, although the words you used were appropriate when you said moderation, um, but another word that is actually the same word as moderation, if you consider it, it's called gentleness. You know, because gentleness doesn't mean avoidance, but it doesn't mean anything extreme. It's kind of in the middle. It's the most important quality to all healthy relationships on planet Earth. And, and whether it's the one we have with Mother Earth or the one you have with your spouse or friends um, and, you know, the one that we have with uh, other countries and the one we have with our body. You know, um, I'm sure you remember the story that I told from the talks that I've given at your studio about, about the little old lady from Pasadena, right? Oh, yeah. The, the car. Right. Yeah. I mean, like if, <laughs> yeah. Let's say you want to buy a you. I think your your viewers should really hear this because um, it kind of puts things in perspective. But, um, you know, we're so programmed by our culture. You know, they, there's a psychological law that says the more you see something, the more you believe it, even if it's insane. Are we allowed to swear on this podcast? 
because you know I like to use the f bomb. Yeah, I would that. just I would just let it roll. Okay, because you know it's it's for me those those of you watching it, it's not a derogatory or sexual remark. It's more a a statement of passion about the subject, which is how it's mostly used, anyways. You know. I was even walk, walking through the airport the other day and I overheard two old ladies talking and one of the old ladies was saying to the other one, that fucker. And I was, I just had a smile, like who doesn't say that word, you know, but then people get offended when they hear that word. It's, it's kind of interesting. But anyways, the more you see something, the more you believe it, that's a psychological law. And so, you know, even if it's insane, so we've all seen this program over and over again, and, and we start believing it, even though it makes no sense. And, you know, that program is like no pain, no gain, or more is better. It's probably why our country leads the world in destroying the world, because we believe more is better. Even though more is the same is not enough. It's an extreme. It's completely out of balance, right? And, uh, you know, instead of no pain, no gain, I would say no pain, no injury, Right. I mean, this is commonsensical stuff, but, you know, you you see it, you believe it. But then, you know, um, you know, so people in exercise are pushing, pushing, pushing it. It's crazy. And the, the, the story of the little lady from Pasadena is, is that if, you know, anybody ever wants to buy a used car. Right. Because you don't have the money for the new car. So you got to buy the used car. Who do you want to buy the used car from? We all want to buy the used car from the same person. And that person is the little old lady from Pasadena. <laughs> Why? Because Pasadena is the most gentle climate on earth for automobiles. There's no rain, there's no snow, there's no humidity. Cars don't rust in Pasadena, right? And the little old lady, she barely drove the car, right? And when she did drive, she drove so slow and careful. You go to buy that car, it's 20, 30 years old, but it's like buying a brand new car. Right. The last thing you'd ever want to do is buy a used car from a taxi driver from New York City. Right. That car has been used and abused. Well, that's an athlete's body. That body's been used and abused. That body's more likely to break down than anybody else's body. But then we look at the athlete's body and we say that's healthy. And I say that's bullshit. That's the program we've been sold. And we bought it hook, line, and sinker. Looking like that has nothing to do with health. It's actually antithetical to health because of what people have to do to their bodies to look like that. They have to push, push, push. And the universal law says, and let me know and let any of your audience know, they can message me on social media, right? Let me know. I mean, the universal law says, the harder you are on anything, the faster you destroy it. Nothing escapes that law, your car, your marriage, your body, right? If you have another perspective on that, then then, then message me. But so it's insane. If you want to last as long as possible, feeling as good as possible, the last thing you'd ever want to do is push your body hard. You know, it's craziness. You want to treat your body gently. That's probably why they say study after study after study after study after study, the healthiest exercise on earth is called walking not running because it's gentle. But, you know, if you're gentle, then how are you going to get yourself in that Lululemon outfit, two sizes too small? How are you going to force your body to look in a way it was never meant to look because you've been told by society, this is what pretty is and you need to look that way? You know, you can't. You'd have to deal with all your macho bullshit. You'd have to deal with all your vanity. You'd have to deal with all this stuff that's based in fear. And no one wants to deal with that stuff. I mean, that would be difficult, right? So, uh, you know, people don't want to look at that stuff.
Um, but that's what you'd have to look at if you really, truly wanted to be healthy. You know, we're going to we're going to address that and share that with people because the objective of yoga is health and wellness. I think that the objective of exercise in general is health and wellness. See, the objective of sports is not health and wellness. The objective of sports is winning. Right. Right. That's different. The objective of sports is performance. Right. That's different. You have to sacrifice your body for the team. Right. You get injured in sports. Right. And everybody knows an injury is your body screaming its loudest. Please stop. That's what an injury is. Your body's saying, please stop. And then you try to stop in sports. You go to the sideline and your teammates say, get the fuck back in the game, you pussy. I mean, you're only respected in sports if you play injured. It's the opposite of health. But, you know, then we look at these athletes' bodies and we say, that's healthy. It's such bullshit. And we bought it hook, line, and sinker. And, you know, someone's got to bring an alternative perspective to this. And it's okay if you want to push and push and push and do all that shit, but at least take responsibility and know what you're doing. And when something happens, don't complain. You know, like say, hey, I knew it. You know, Brian told me 20 years ago, 30 years ago. And it's sad that I needed Brian to tell me because it's all over the planet. The harder you are in anything, the faster you destroy it. But people selectively see what they want, especially when it buys into the program they've been spoon-fed since the time they could open their eyes. Capiche? Right. No. Yeah. Absolutely. And and I think that also plays into you know you know what you what you call the absurdity of of competition. You know. And I know like we talk about like how we turn everything into competition here in America. And, and I think for me, that was, that was my challenge. Like, you know, I've come right from sports, like, well, I'm going to go to yoga and I'm, I'm going to compete and I'm going to push. And I remember, you know, with hearing, oh, yoga, that's how you, that's how you heal. That's how you get better. But I actually, the first few months when I practiced yoga, I actually got hurt a couple of times because I would try to, I'd look around the room and I'd see what everyone was doing. I kept pushing and pushing and pushing because that was where my programming was from at the time. Yeah, you and everybody else, you know, I mean, you had it in a more intense version, you know, because you took sports um, you know, to the ultimate level, you know, professional sports. Um, but we're all in, you know, that's the foundation of capitalism is competition. Right. right? And, um, you know, it, it seems altruistic, right? Like, because if you can compete with, uh, you know, it, it, it seems like, okay, if people are competing, then people are going to do their best to, uh, you know, to uh, give the best product for the best price. Right. And someone's giving a good price. If someone else can do a, give a better price, um, and do the same thing, then you even get a better price. And it seems like for the for the marketplace, it works for the consumer, e- even though it doesn't, because, uh, you know, a lot of times in order to, for people to give a better price, they start cheating, right? Just like in sports, you know, they start cheating, right? Whether it's, what's it, whether it would, no matter how it is, you know, you know, whether it's uh, Brady deflating a football or whether it's steroids injected into your veins, you know, it's like, let's do what we have to do to win. And um, I'm just thinking, why can't we give the best price because we're ethical and moral? <laughs> you know, like, why can't why can't we have another reason for you know giving the best price other than getting so you know getting rich when you know studies say that there you know wealth after you have enough wealth to lift you from poverty, wealth contributes nothing to happiness. But that's another program. Like the richer you are, that the happier you are. You know, and. Uh, you know, I had a, a a student of mine, very very wealthy lady. You know, very big social media lady. You know, um. You know, she took a picture. She I she 
posted this picture on Instagram, of course, you know, drinking a glass of wine and eating some chocolate, sitting by the pool of a five-star hotel, you know, the whole, like, this is my great life Instagram photo, you know, and that night she tried to commit suicide. You know, it's like, it's like, it, it, it's this image that everybody, you know, and then we see that image and we think, you know, and, and this, the, 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 um, the media is constantly putting that image in front of us of how we should look and what we should have. And remember the law, the more you see something, the more you believe it and you start believe, you know, you believe that's what I need. And, um, and you know, it's just crazy. And, you know, it, it's reaching a, almost, it's, it's kind of coming to an head right now on every level, like it. You look at what's going on on the planet and it just looks like we're at the precipice of something. You know, it's like tension's getting pretty intense on every level, you know, whether it's global warming or social strife or political strife or it's just like, wow. You know, I mean, we we took something good and we just we abused it. Yeah, absolutely. I I have to ask just, you know, if someone's like, you know, new to learning about you is, is how did you, how did you get into yoga? I remember the story, something about your father was going to kick you out of the house. Isn't that the initial bump? Kind of, that was kind of it. It was basically my mom kicked me out of the house and I went to live with my father in Hawaii. And, um, when I got there, he said, now do yoga every day or get the hell out of my house. So I had no choice, but I had to start doing yoga because he was a surgeon and he had a bad back. And, um, you know, he understood the medical profession and everything you could do to help the back and nothing was helping. He he even had the surgeries um, and you know, he started doing yoga. And even though yoga didn't help his back, um, it helped his brain. Like it, it was a pressure release valve. You know, he was a high stress person and he felt better after class and he, he wanted his kids to do it. And so he knew that we would never do it if he asked us to do it. So he, he forced me, he said, do yoga or get out. So, and it just so happens, David Williams was there on the Island of Maui, uh, the first person to bring Ashtanga yoga to the entire right, right, world right. outside of India. Um, and I was in that first Ashtanga class and that's where it all started. And, uh, but Ashtanga is very brutal. I mean, in, especially back then. I mean, hopefully these Ashtangis these days are, are waking up and, um, you know, being a little bit more gentle. But, you know, Patabi Joyce wasn't, he was more like a football coach than a, um, a yoga teacher. You know, it was, it was all no pain, no gain. I mean, you know, I used to, I remember two huge guys on me in a yoga pose trying to push me deeper. And, and you know, the camel, you know, camel pose, right? Right. Well, you know, the other deeper version of camel where you go all the way back and you put your forearms on the, the ground and you try to grab your heels with your hands. I, I don't even know what that pose is called anymore. Um, and I had two guys trying to get me into that and my back snapped. And then your back snaps and they say, oh, it's an opening. I mean, and, and you know, and we actually believe, I mean, it's like a cult almost like this insane stuff's happening and you believe it because, you know, we all want what we all want to be happy and we believe like, oh, this is going to, this is going to bring it to me. And uh, yeah, we went through that. But like you said, you hurt yourself in, in yoga too in the beginning because you brought your competitive mentality into it. And, you know, I think that, you know, that's a good thing because, you know, if you're halfway intelligent person, then you can learn from those injuries. And if you learn from those injuries, like that aggressiveness is injuring me, then you know, you never have to get injured again the rest of your life. 
right? And then you can share that with your students and the people that come to your class and the people who listen to your podcast, you know? And so the injury was actually good because it became your teacher. And unfortunately, or, or fortunately, you know, it had to get to that extreme for you to wake up and for you to see, you know, they call yogi seers. You know, if you think, if you look at all the old writings of yoga, the old yogis are called seers. Um, that's why, because they can see. And, you know, sometimes, you know, sometimes you have to deal with some pretty hor horrific stuff in order to wake the fuck up. So, you know, yeah, um, I was forced to do it. I, I actually had a brutal uh, back injury from a car accident, but... I think I really made the injury worse like you just because my yoga practice was so aggressive. And, um, you know, that helped me wake up to, to being more gentle. It's unsustainable, dude. It's unsustainable. It's not like, you know, you're going to get older and you're going to become faster or quicker or your eyesight's going to become better. Look at we're both wearing glasses. I don't remember you or me having glasses last time I saw you. You know, it's not like your hair is going to become darker and more lush. You know, I mean, you're going to you're going to get older and you're going to go the other way. Doing more is unsustainable. If you continue to try to do more, you're going to get injured and damaged. Notice the I remember the day that Michael Jordan came down from the jump shot and his knee snapped. It never snapped before. But at one point or another, your body can't take this trip you're laying on itself on it. It probably never could take it, even when you were young, but your youth camouflaged it. Right? But now youth, you're not young anymore. You don't have that camouflage, and, and the trip you're laying on yourself becomes really apparent. And then people our age, I mean, you're, you're a little younger than me, but people, you know, your age and beyond, you know, now we're paying for the trip we laid on our body when we're young. Now we're feeling all that shit. You know, it's crazy. When I was 24, some dude just fucking punched me in the gut and I just started feeling it yesterday. You know, it's like all this shit that happened to us when we're young starts coming out when we're old. And so I say the, the, the younger you can start to become gentle, the more optimal. You know, the longer you're going to live and the better you're going to feel the more gentle you are on yourself, you know, and the, the younger you can do it. So, but it's not easy, right? Because if you're gentle, you can't force your body to conform to this image that's been jammed down our throat by a culture that's more interested in us buying their products than being well. This is capitalism gone fucking crazy. You know, I was just talking about that. They hire psychologists to design the commercials to make you feel so inadequate about yourself that you have an urge to buy their fucking product. Right. This is capitalism gone sick. Right. This is what competitiveness does. This is what you'll do to get rich and to be to, to meet their definition of success. Right. Like you'll you'll act, you don't have no problem making someone feel bad. You know, I mean, I was driving down the street not too long ago listening to, um, you know, the we just have a regular news program, you know, that gives the daily news, weather, sports, whatever. And there was a commercial, and the commercial was, was, you know, are you bald? Are you tired of people looking at you and laughing at you? You know, and they're like trying to tell you how bad you are because you're balding. And, you know, because they have some hair products to sell you, right. right? Or some hair. It's like the whole thing is, is like you're not good enough. To, it's like, it's almost like, you know, 
I don't know, the foundation of Christianity in a sense, right? It's like we're we're told that we're born sinners, but if we do this, we'll be right, right? It's like, no, you're not born beautiful and perfect. You're actually born ugly, wrong, and broken. And you got to, and then we've taken that mentality into every single thing. And I want everybody out there to understand this about yoga. I mean, this is completely un-American and, and, and shocking. But when I say un-American, I didn't say anti-American. You know, it's, I, I, yoga is not anti-anything, but I say un-American because it's completely antithetical to the mentality we were imbued with. And I want everybody to hear this because you can take this outside of yoga, but pertaining to yoga is yoga doesn't want to change you, right? Yoga doesn't want you to be flexible. There's no intelligent reason on earth to be flexible. No one on earth has ever read proof. Looser people are healthier and happier people. Why the fuck you want to be flexible? You know what's crazy is, is that if you ever are in a yoga pose, you notice that you have an urge to go deeper. When I was coming up, people would even jump on you and push you deeper. So you're in a forward bend and you want to go deeper. And if you do go deeper, you you smile because you're making progress, right? If you don't go deeper, maybe you get a little deflated because you're not making progress, right? It's, it's the rat race. If you have more, you're happy. If you have less, you're not happy. It's like we bring our shit into yoga and turn yoga into shit, right? And the crazy thing is, is, is that people want to go deeper, but no one knows why they want to go deeper. That's called insanity, right? Like you want to go deeper in a pose, but you don't know why you want to go deeper. It's craziness. You've never read any benefit of going deeper in a yoga pose. And the truth is, is there's a load of detriment because, you know, the harder you are in anything, the faster you destroy it. So yoga doesn't want, and flexible, and by the way, flexibility doesn't even exist. Let's understand that. Flexibility is an opinion. It's a judgment. It's not a, a static thing. Like, Sean, you know, you've been doing yoga for a, a certain amount of time, and you probably achieved a certain amount of flexibility, especially uh, compared to your uh, football compatriots. Um, but I'll take you, to, and someone will see you, and one maybe one of your, your, your ex-teammates will see you and go, wow, Sean, you're pretty flexible. But then we'll 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 take you to the train for to the the Cirque du Soleil and they'll say, oh shit, Sean, you're not flexible. They're <laughs> flexible, right? And then you 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 go to the Chinese acrobats and you say, oh shit, the Cirque priest people are not flexible. The Chinese a- acrobats are really flat. So basically, flexibility is just an opinion according to comparing it to something. It doesn't really exist. It's and strength is the same way. It's like, what is strength? It's like, you know, you think you're strong until you see something stronger. And then you think that's strong until you see something stronger. So I don't even like to use the words uh, strength and flexibility. I like to use the words tone and suppleness. Okay. Tone means your muscles are healthy. Right. They're not flaccid. Suppleness means there's no tension in your muscles. Doesn't mean you're looser than the next person. It just means you're tension free. Right. I mean, everybody's going to everybody's going to have a different range of mode. Have you ever seen anybody with a really long nose? I mean, a really or some part of their body that's really long. You've been in the shower with all those guys. You saw <laughs> yeah. things, right. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, um, I don't know how the pros take the showers, but when we were in junior high school, we all just had these showers coming out of the wall. We're all standing there naked together. Anyways, let's not go down that path. But anyways, when you saw that long thing, did you think to yourself, 
wow, that person must be incredibly healthy. Like, why would the length of someone's nose have anything to do with their health? It's insanity, right? Well, do you think it's just our noses that are different lengths? How much you want to bet we all have different length knee tendons? How much you want to bet we all have different length hamstrings, right? It's like, we're not all supposed to get our head to our knees in forward bend. We're all supposed to go to a different place because we're all naturally different, right? Isn't that what we were brought up being told? The beauty of the human race is all the differences between us. And then, yeah, but we have a whole society of people all comparing and competing. Like we all want to, you know, we all want to get this certain amount of money and we all want to get a certain amount of beauty. It's like, it's like we're all trying to get to the same place, but we're all different. So no, yoga doesn't want you to be flexible. There's no intelligent reason. Yoga doesn't want you to be strong. Yoga doesn't want you to be skinny. Yoga doesn't want you to be pretty. I mean, the truth is yoga wants you to be stone cold fucking ugly. Have any of you ever seen a yogi? These are the ugliest people on planet Earth, right? They're purposely ugly, right? Because the yogis trace back to the root cause of all human suffering. All human suffering comes from one place, and that place is called attachment. The more attached you are to anything, the more you will suffer because the law of human existence is called change. The law of your life is called change. You can't think of one thing in your entire life that you're not going to have to say goodbye to. How many of you are preparing for this? Most people are going the other way and building their attachments to all this shit, right? So the yogis knew that they couldn't hold on to beauty. So that's why they got the dreadlocks or the bald head and the orange robes. They're basically saying, fuck you. I'm not going to look the way you want me to look because I know I can't hold on to that. And the more attached I get to that, the more I'm going to suffer when it changes, right? So the yogis don't want you to be pretty and the yogis don't want you to stay young, right? Because your aging process is an incredibly important process for you to go through in order for you to learn from the process to prepare you for what's coming next. But you can't learn from something that you're hating and rejecting. You can't learn from a teacher that you're hating and rejecting. Right. So some people, they get a wrinkle and what do they do? They run out to get oil of Olay. Right. They want to hide the wrinkle. Right. Or a gray hair. They dye their hair. Right. It's like we're, we're rejecting the teacher. But the teacher is teaching you. It's the teacher is helping you to start practicing letting go. It's just a fucking wrinkle. Take a deep breath and let it go. And notice something very important. That wrinkle didn't hurt you. It even helped you because that's one less thing you have to be stressed about now. The one less thing you have to worry about now. Right? And then the second wrinkle comes and it's not quite as big a deal because you realize the first wrinkle didn't hurt you. And what you're doing is you're slowly starting to let go because all of us have to do the big let go. We're all going to fucking die, right? And most people are scared of it, right? Because they're so attached. But if you're letting go your entire life and you're realizing that letting go never hurt you, 
that maybe you won't be scared when you have to do the big let go because you've already been letting go your whole life and you realize it never hurt you. That's called experiential knowledge. That's what Einstein said. All knowledge comes from experience. Everything else is in just information. It, it doesn't help at all. So you might be nodding your head and agreeing with me and everybody can hear this and say, wow, that makes sense. But we have to start implementing this shit. Like we have to really practice letting go and then get the benefits from that. So no, yoga doesn't want you to stay young. So check this out, right? Uh, flexibility, strength, uh, thinness, beauty, youthfulness, right? Yoga doesn't want those things, but that's what we all want, right? Can you see how people brought their agenda into yoga right. and they're using yoga to facilitate their agenda? But the truth is, is that yoga wants to free us from our agenda. Most of us are using yoga for the opposite reason and nobody knows because the yoga teacher is talking about the stupid yoga pose instead of the quality of the mind that exists within the pose, right? So it's, you know, yoga doesn't want to change you. And I'm going to tell you why too. And this is really the un-American thing, right? Yoga doesn't want to change you because yoga doesn't look at you like you're ugly, wrong, and broken in the first place, right? Maybe that's the way you look at yourself, but that's not the way yoga looks at you. Yoga looks at you like you're perfect and you're beautiful and there's nothing wrong with what you're going through in your life that's helping you learn and grow and become all that you're becoming. Yoga doesn't want to change you at all because there's nothing wrong with you. No one ever told you that. Every fucking commercial you ever see your entire life says there's something wrong with you, but if you buy this, you'll be happier. Right. The teachers tell you there's something wrong with you unless you can get straight A's. You know, I mean, it's like our whole life. We're constantly being told that we're wrong, but someone can make us better. Yoga says you're already perfect. You just got to wake up and realize it. And if you don't realize that you're beautiful and perfect, now you know what the biggest problem in your life is, that you don't even see your own beauty. And if you don't try to imagine a greater foundation of stress than not being OK with who you are. Now, modern medicine is telling us that 95% of all disease is coming from stress. This is the key to health and vitality, loving and accepting yourself and trusting your process. Yeah, I can get a little passionate about it. <laughs> I just can't believe that more people don't see this. And, you know, it's people can argue with me. It's like the Republican Democrat thing. Y'all can argue with each other and everybody's frustrated. The other person can't see what the other person's saying. And I have to admit, you know, it's a little frustrating for me that people aren't recognizing what I'm saying right now, because it's like, it's like so apparent to me. It just seems like it's everywhere. Um, the only thing stopping people from seeing it is the fact that our culture doesn't emphasize it. We emphasize something else. Hundred percent. Well, hey, I love your passion, and I I appreciate you coming on today. And actually, what, where, well, where where can they find you? Instagram, your website, you have those online classes. Are you, are you still going to Turkey? Yeah, that's full. That's sold out. But yeah, you guys can come. Poweryoga.com. We got you know thousands of classes uh, in our library. Um, we do a well. I don't. We did do a daily live stream that might be ending soon because I might be losing my beautiful yoga model. 
Um, and I can't teach and practice at the same time, so I can't be my own model. But if I get another model, the live stream will continue. Yeah, Brian Kess Power Yoga on Instagram, and I think it's Facebook too. So, yeah. Perfect. I appreciate it. But hey, everyone out there, thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much to Alan, our producer, for making this happen. And thanks again, Brian. And we will catch up with all of you again soon. Have a good one.